to the festival of Gemini, to Christ's festival in Gemini. And the culmination of the higher interlude of the spiritual year. This evening we're going to be focusing our thoughts on the great invocation and how it serves to energize social evolution in preparation for our meditation. The actual time of the full moon is 12.13 p.m. tomorrow, British summer time, and that's 7.13 a.m. USA Eastern Standard Time. Now, since 1952, the day of the Gemini full moon is also celebrated as World Invocation Day, when a focus is placed on the great invocation to empower humanity's subconscious appeal for the return of a world saviour. This full moon is also known as the Festival of Humanity, for it celebrates the nascent Christ principle that flickers in every human heart. With this in mind, let's begin by sounding the adapted Great Invocation together. Now, this alternative version was produced with the aim of attracting as large a section of humanity to its message and its use as possible, while having as minimal an effect on its deeper meaning and mantric potency as possible. We'll use the original Great Invocation later on at the end of our meditation. of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the centre where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Studying the influences of Gemini, there are many indications as to why World Invocation Day is held at this time, and why it's known as the Christ's Festival, as well as the Festival of Humanity. In the book Esoteric Astrology, we learn that Gemini is one of the most important of the twelve signs, and that its influence lies behind every other sign. The energy of love and wisdom pours through Gemini, hence the esoteric teaching that love underlies the entire universe. This underlying love of deity reaches our solar system primarily through Gemini, which forms with the constellation of the Great Bear and the Pleiades, a cosmic triangle. This is the triangle of cosmic Christ. 
The Gemini force has also been described as the force which produces the changes needed for the evolution of the Christ consciousness at any particular point in time and space. It is always compatible to the requirement. The evolution of our consciousness is prompted and its steady expansion guaranteed by the underlying love of deity that infuses our solar system primarily through Gemini. This sign forms a point of entrance for cosmic energy from Sirius, the true home of our spiritual hierarchy. And for nearly 2000 years, the Christ has represented humanity during the Gemini festival, standing before the hierarchy as the leader of the human family. According to the Ageless Wisdom teachings, the law dictates that when an embodied Christ reaches his goal in time and space, recognition of the achievement comes to him at the time of the June full moon. And this is because the complete victory of life over form and of spirit over matter is consummated and celebrated in the sign of Gemini. Christ attained the superlative victory in June 1943, during the dark days of the World War. And since this time, the power of invocation has increased dramatically as a potential energy in human consciousness. And divine love can be evoked to tremendous effect during times of world crisis, pain and difficulty. This is good to hold in mind throughout World Invocation Day, when we make frequent use of the Great Invocation. It's also worth bearing in mind the remarks of the Tibetan teacher, who was the source of inspiration behind the Alice Bailey writings, that if we use the Great Invocation rightly, it can reorient the consciousness of humanity and stabilize it in spiritual being. It can disrupt and rebuild the planetary thought form that has been created in the past, one which has had and is having such disastrous and cataclysmic results, and open up the door to a new and better world, and that this could be done so rapidly that the needed changes would come about almost overnight. While the strength of the combined efforts of all those who use the Great Invocation is undoubtedly being effective in disrupting the planetary thought form of selfish materialism, it's important to know that, with a little more effort, the needed changes for a new and a better world could be with us right now. This should serve as a strong incentive for us to renew our resolve, deepen our understanding of how to use this mantra with increasing power. The urgency of this time of planetary crisis should provide sufficient impetus for us to work more purposefully to empower the spirit of invocation and goodwill that is coming alive in the world. If there are any doubt about this growth of goodwill, a clear and tangible symbol is to be found in the establishment of over 10 million non-governmental organisations dedicated to the welfare of various aspects of the planetary whole. The vision of a soul-infused civilization is emerging from the fires of the present crises. It's quickening into a new planetary thought form of hope and renewal. And tuning into this thought form and further energizing it by use of the Great Invocation is an essential and potent world service. As well as over 10 million non-governmental organizations, there's also the growing number of international parliamentary assemblies taking place in the busy sphere of human activity. They include the Asian Parliamentary Assembly, whose stated purpose is to promote peace in general 
and in the Asian region in particular. There's the Pan-African Parliamentary Assemblies, one of the arms of the African Union whose stated purpose is to be a platform for people from all African states to be involved in discussions and decision-making on the problems and challenges facing the continent. The Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, whose purpose is upholding human rights, democracy and the rule of law. And the Euro-Latin American Parliamentary Assembly, whose purpose is bolstering European Union-Latin American relations. Over 100 informal or formal international parliamentary institutes were in existence by 2011. And they're constantly increasing in number now, as well as in scope of rights. They've typically been formed to represent citizens more than governments. The majority have no legislative power, nor do they hold direct elections, but through their deliberations on high ideals, powerful group thought forms are constructed that the spiritual hierarchy can engage with and relate to the waiting extraplanetary forces that are seeking anchorage on Earth. It's worth reflecting on the group thought building process of these parliamentary assemblies in order to appreciate just how significant they are in terms of social evolution. So to begin with, there's the planning of a topic for discussion, which initiates a vibration in the universal mind, its pitch and its timber, establishing its area of influence and forming a ring pass knot in thought substance. And here, in considering the ring pass knot, it's helpful to consider the word ring in terms of acoustic resonance, as well as a separating boundary to the thought form. As participants organise their thinking on the topic in advance of the assembly, potencies precipitate into the ring pass knot, conditioning, magnetising the field of thought. And when the assembly does convene, this mental substance is further energized, molded, and adapted through the resonances and the dissonances that play out through vocal interactions. The thought structure takes shape, its power to influence, depending primarily on the level of consensus achieved. of these parliamentary institutions, a rare phenomenon before the 1990s, is one of the most significant developments in world affairs, paralleling the rise of global civil society. The path of transnational polity is clarifying, with possibilities for the creation of new types of parliamentary assemblies to re-establish the root meaning of parliament to talk, and to talk with honesty and conviction in the context of a fledgling global society. In other words, to talk with the power of goodwill. During this higher interlude of the spiritual year, we can imagine the rich intensity of the combined thought life of all who serve, producing a sound, that rises through the inner planes to attract the attention of great spiritual intelligences and so evoke an increased flow of light and love into our troubled world. As we move towards the culmination of this interlude on World Invocation Day, we can continue to enrich this spiritual demand through the power of the great invocation until the group consciousness pulsates with the new life that is seeking entrance into human affairs. We're told that the mind that can penetrate the thought form 
that lies behind the great invocation will find itself in that revelatory storehouse of energy that's known as the rain cloud of noble things, which is the immediate cause of all events on earth and which indicates the emergence of that which is new and better and progressively right. Bearing in mind the immense generating power of this storehouse of energy, it's not surprising that the primary result of the correct use of the great invocation, as far as humanity is concerned, is acceleration. The Tibetan teacher says that much turmoil can come the way of aspirants and disciples who use the great invocation, but through it they are learning the work of world salvage and becoming gradually fitted for the post of world saviour and to be absorbers of evil karma. He goes on to say, When, therefore, I call the world aspirants and disciples to the use of the great invocation, I call them also to the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. This is ever preliminary to the resurrection or to the release of the human consciousness into higher realms of spiritual awareness. At times, the accelerating pace of 21st century living can seem to leave us spinning in ever-increasing circles. But the spiritual challenge is to reverse this by withdrawing into the eye of the storm. The central jewel of fire in each of the higher centres in the vital body of force that underlies the human frame. Here, a dynamic sense of peace and stillness grows with the accelerating rotation of the centres, which are transformed into clear openings into the soul realm, through which redemptive qualities pour out in service to the world. The light that carries these dynamic qualities is no easy thing to absorb, though, as the Tibetan makes clear. It is not easy for the average aspirant to realise that progressive stages upon the path indicate a progressive ability to take the light. When aspirants pray in the new invocation, let light descend on earth, they are invoking something which humanity will have to learn to handle. This is one of the things for which the disciples of the world must begin to prepare the race. All these planetary developments are attended by risks, and none more so than of the absorption of light on a worldwide scale by humanity, with a subsequent reflex action on the three subhuman kingdoms. It is this absorption of light that will prepare humanity for the type of energy that the Christ will bring with him when he reappears. We're told that this time the coming avatar will impart the fire of love, a love that will burn away all barriers in human nature, all separating walls between individuals, between groups and between nations. However, this can only transpire when the will to love with the fiery essence is present to some extent in the vanguard of humanity. In this way, the coming inflow can be stepped down and safely assimilated by all. And so it is upon the spiritually minded people of the world that this responsibility of preparing the way rests. What is asked of each is the loving intention to fire the entire world with the spirit of relationship, beginning with oneself, one's own family and immediate group. This spirit of relationship is alive and flourishing throughout the world. We only have to adjust our perspective a little to see that it is so. A good example is to be seen in the rapid growth of the social sciences, particularly sociology, 
which literally means the study of companionship. It's derived from the Latin word socius, meaning companion, and the Greek word logos, meaning word or knowledge. And so we might then call the esoteric dimension of sociology the word of companionship, the study of the divine creative sound as it is unfolding in social groups around the world. Letting our imaginations soar, what would it be like to experience the word of companionship reverberating throughout the entire field of human relationships, infusing it with meaning? What might the social structure of planet Earth be like if people everywhere were simply open to the idea of a divine plan? The sense that evolution is being driven forward by a majestic purpose and that the unfolding qualities of every single unit of life, no matter how small and seemingly insignificant, are needed in order to work it out. Unfolding a sense of divine plan and purpose in the social consciousness is surely one of the most pressing needs of our time. Such an injection of meaning could revolutionise human thinking and interactions, strengthening the united antikarana of humanity that's forming through progressive social interactions around the globe. The Tibetan teacher refers to the building of this lower part of the planetary Antikarana as the science of social evolution, predicting that it will become part of a great science of invocation and evocation. For those undergoing esoteric training, this science entails a growing sensitivity to the subjective sound of group activities in the various social spheres of human endeavour. The focus then shifts to the invocation and transmission of appropriate vibratory tones to help condition, energise and integrate these group chords into the bridge of communication that is forming between the human and the superhuman kingdoms of nature. According to the Tibetan, this new esoteric science will be based on the magnetic arranging power of sound. And in this respect, a notable bridging science is linguistics, the scientific study of language, of speech sounds, grammatical structures and meaning. In fact, investigations into the relationship between sound, language and social evolution are well underway as good introductory books on the subject well demonstrate. The magnetic arranging power of sound can be sensed behind the work and commentaries of many intuitive servers today, forging a sense of social belonging and identity. And this is crucial in an age of electronic information, for as many researchers in the fledgling science of digital sociology are realising, this new technology is precipitating a crisis of connectivity, ironically enough. Social networking services and new communication tools have the capacity to intensify the sense of separation and alienation as much as they can help to bring people together. While the online world is a wonderful medium for promoting social evolution, the virtual reality of cyberspace, so aptly named, also has the potential to intensify the forces of illusion and glamour and undermine the fabric of society. This is a critical epoch in planetary history, wherein the core human need of a sense of belonging and social identities on shifting ground. But it also presents the opportunity for humanity to expand its sense of identity beyond physical, racial, religious and cultural boundaries. 
And in this connection, one of the most fundamental social spheres of all, the school, is in need of revising its identity in terms of purpose and meaning. As educational and development psychologist Dr. Kellyanne Allen points out, the most compelling evidence of our need to belong from birth is borne out when belonging is absent. In cases of abuse, neglect or disorganised attachment, the absence of a sense of belonging has a devastating impact on psychological and social functioning, which extends through childhood and adolescence and well into adulthood. Building belonging in schools should be absorbed into ongoing practices that already occur throughout a typical school day, rather than being an additional task, starting with social and emotional competencies and prioritising relationship and social skills and emotional regulation can help lay solid foundations for a culture of belonging. Dr. Allen's work with the Global Belonging Collaborative is an inspiring example of the path towards human unity. For as esoteric students know well, human consciousness cannot suddenly leap into a sublime state of identification with the whole. It has to be steadily nurtured through education and participation in the interlacing social spheres that make up that greater whole. When this is so, and it is accompanied by a sense of the spiritual plan and purpose of human life, then the word of companionship can ring throughout the sphere of human activity with the crystal clear sound of pure reason. And the veils of glamour fall away to reveal the love of divine relationship. This is the way towards establishing a united world society that is rooted in a new language of the spirit. It's a time of preparation that should be dedicated to rebuilding the shrine of human living, to reconstructing the form of humanity's life, to reconstituting the new civilization from the foundations of the old, and to the reorganizing of the structures of world thought, world politics plus the redistribution of the world's resources in conformity to divine purpose. Despite the outer turmoil, we are in the midst of a transition period that will result in a world community that comes alive with the spirit of sharing, freely circulating all things deemed essential for every man, woman and child to grow into the light. In the spirit of the keynote for the disciple in Gemini, humanity is being brought to a recognition of its lower self, its other self, and the waning of that self. And there are signs, as we've here considered, that the human race is beginning to grow and glow. As we move into meditation and our use of the great invocation, let us visualize this process intensifying and in the silence of group meditation, let the inner ear clearly hear the word of companionship ringing throughout the world with a message of what's to come. meditation for 25 minutes or so, uh, letting in the light. The keynote of Gemini is I recognize my other self and in the waning of that self I grow and glow. Letting in the light. Group fusion.
and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. center of the new group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity. Lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Visualize the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
of that self, I grow and glow.
Images of light, love, and the winter good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Visualize the sequence of energy precipitation, Shambhala hierarchy, the Christ, a new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere, physical centers of distribution. as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. I stand from that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love 
of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group and throughout the world. Bring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great indication is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the centre where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. The full moon repeat is tomorrow, 12.13 p.m. BST, USA Eastern Standard Time, 7.15, 7.13 a.m.
Tomorrow is World Invocation Day, and there is a World Goodwill webinar celebrating this at 12 o'clock noon, Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock p.m. BST. We also have the Arcane School Conference coming up this weekend in London. That's uh, Friday, it begins for students, but Saturday and Sunday is open to everyone and starts at 2 o'clock BST. You do need to register for this, so please go to the website for that. So thank you very much once more for your participation and uh, indeed for your companionship. Goodbye for now.